know All right. The first thing we want to just go over quickly is about Thanksgiving and its pagan roots. Now, all of us have been taught in school that Thanksgiving was a time when the pilgrims and the Indians got together and everything was peaceful, everything was joyous, and they just got together and had a party, so to speak, you know, ate food and this, that, and the other. And um, that is probably about 5% of the truth. So we're going to go over it real quickly just to refresh our memories and um, learn some more things. So in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 29 through 30, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 29 through 30, uh, basically says that we are to be careful that you are not tempted to follow the customs of the pagan nations in which they were to drive out of the land. So the first thing is, and this is a, a bottom line type of thing, is if something is a custom of a nation that is not in line with the Torah, you and I need to re-educate our minds and not to participate in any way, shape, fashion, or form with said custom. And, you know, we have been taught that Thanksgiving was a custom that came about in the 17th or 18th century when in fact it was being celebrated way back by the Greeks and the Romans. And we know that the Greeks and the Romans were abundantly paganistic. They served many other gods, idols, and we need to always do our research on the roots of whatever. So the roots of Thanksgiving, the roots of anything that is considered a custom. And then verse 31 says, Never worship Yah, your Elohim, in the way that they worship their and I wrote in parentheses, pagan gods slash Baal, because everything they do for their gods is disgusting. This is Yahweh speaking, Yah speaking. So we see here that it says, never worship Yah, your Elohim, in the way that they worship their pagan gods. So, People, whether they're Christian, believers, or heathen, they justify thanksgiving by saying they're giving thanks to God for, you know, their family, their resources, so on and so forth. And that sounds all well and good, but it's just the outer cloak. And when you peel the onion, so to speak, you will find out what's really behind it. But nonetheless, no matter how good it looks, you know, like Halloween, no matter how um, good it looks, all it's only about getting candy for the kids and yada, yada, yada. When you go behind the scenes and you find out what's in the root, you find out it's much more sinister wicked and evil than that. The other thing concerning <clears throat> um, Thanksgiving is Halloween is a celebration of the dead. It's calling upon the gods of the dead to communicate with the dead. It is a celebration of 
of idols, of Baal, of Satan himself, and don't think for a minute that that stops because three weeks later is what the world system called Thanksgiving. It is all connected together because the God that they are being thankful for are idols and um, demonic deities called Gad, G-A-D, or G-A-W-D, or in the English you spell it God. Um, according to the book of Enoch, Satan's name is G-A-D, Gad, and then Zareel. So when you are participating in Thanksgiving, even though we've all done it, we've all been ignorant of it, it's just not a simple holiday where we're giving thanks, but you're literally giving thanks unto the gods that are over Thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to just go over some interesting facts that I found. Thanksgiving was a harvest festivals started in Europe as the Celts were honoring their gods for their harvest. And we are commanded not to participate in these customs. So fact number one, it was the Celts were honoring their gods. And what is most of America made up of? A lot of European people. All right? Uh, America did not create Thanksgiving. They adopted it from the Greeks and the Romans who were pagan worshipers. So that's fact number two. In Rome, it was called C-E-R-E-L-I-A, which honored the harvest goddess of grain called Cerise, C-E-R-E-S. So in Rome, when they celebrated Thanksgiving, they were worshiping and giving thanks to the God over the harvest, and that was Cerise. All right? Native Americans give thanks to many spirits and deities they believe aided in the harvest. And we know that the Native American culture is abundantly connected with witchcraft and false gods. Okay, another thing that came from Roman Greece was the horn of plenty or the corn what? Cornucopia. Okay, this is a symbol um, that goes back to a belief where a goat pulled his horn and offered it to Zeus. And we used to have that on our, on our table. You know, we just thought it was, it was a fall custom. But because we were big, biblically ignorant, we were worshiping, honoring, celebrating a custom to Zeus. All right? It, the cornucopia was also on statues and money across Rome and was often used in representations of the goddess of luck, L-U-C-K, whose name is For, F-O-R-T-U-N-A, Fortuna. Or Fortune. When you read the scripture which we will do in the next study, you will see that that was a demon god. Okay? Now, what does Turkey represent? Turkey and many Indian tribes is a symbol of fertility and abundance. All right? It is also believed to be connected to animal spirits. So, when you are 
Now, you eat turkey any other time of the year, that's up to you. But during, if you are participating in a Thanksgiving meal and it has turkey, you are participating and you are being connected to animal spirits. Now, here's something else. The three main ingredients in a Thanksgiving meal are what? What are some of the three basic ingredients? Turkey, cranberries, and dressing, right? Stuffing. Stuffing, that's what I mean by dressing. Okay, so think of it. If you can picture or look up a picture of a turkey, you'll, you see those beautiful feathers that the turkey has. Indians wore that in their headdress. Okay? So when they were having a turkey dinner, it was in representation of dead Indians. Okay? The stuffing, the stuffing was the inside of those dead Indians, and that's what that represents. And the cranberry, that's obvious, was the blood that the Indians um, shed. Now, where did we get this? In 1637, the governor of Massachusetts ordered the Pequot Indians to be massacred because they found a dead white person on a ship and they thought that the Indians did it. So they killed and they went into they went in by night into the Pequon village and began the few people that woke up they began to kill them the rest they began to to set on fire their grass huts so children were screaming women were screaming as they were being burnt alive and the governor of Massachusetts ordered this massacre and when it was all said and done, the governor signed a declaration that said, tomorrow will be a day of thanksgiving that will be remembered throughout our history as a day that we massacred the savages as we massacred the children, the women, and the men, and burnt and killed them alive. So when you and I, or anybody, celebrates Thanksgiving, this is what you're celebrating. And they were giving praise to their God for wiping out the Pequot Indians. And when you and I participate in this, this is all part of the evilness and the pagan roots of thanksgiving. And literally, if you do anything on thanksgiving, it should be a day of mourning for the destruction that took place in our nation. Now you think of the Native American Indians on how the government promised them all kinds of things and always backed away from it. They stole from the Native American the choice hunting and farming lands. That's why you never trust the government. And... They gave them in place of those choice Colorado, Wyoming, the Dakotas, Montana, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, um, all those areas that are choice farming and hunting areas, trapping um, areas, they gave them the desert where there's very little game, and it's almost impossible 
to grow anything because you don't have no water. So, also, in the Thanksgiving symbols, corn was a main uh, product in Thanksgiving, and it says that corn in Indian culture is a spirit, and it is this spirit that taught the pilgrims how to grow it. When, um, what's that cat's name? Um, Squanto taught them. He learned it from his forefathers, which they believed came down by a spirit, one of the spirit gods that they worshipped. Um, so this is all, this is just a short thing to um, let us know why Yah said we are not to participate in any of the customs by Gentile nations. And when he says it, he says it so that we will not suffer, so that we will not do without so that we will not be cursed, so that we will not experience his judgment. If we defy it, if we defy his laws and commandments, we are then just opening ourselves up, first of all, to Yah's wrath and judgment. Secondly, where we're opening ourselves up to the demonic, to the gods in which those customs were, were based upon and came from, and we will suffer the consequences. And see, Satan, Baal, God, whatever, is a master trickster, a master deceiver. He will try to paint on the outside, you know, a rosy picture to try to trick you and deceive you into thinking something is okay because you're just, you know, it's a good thing. Like giving thanks to the Creator is a good thing. And we should be doing that. And so they use that, you know, just like with Christmas. They, you know, they try to say nothing's wrong with giving a present to someone. And that's true. Just don't do it on that day because if you do, you are participating in Baal worship, and you are honoring the god Zeus, and you are honoring all those other demonic things that Christmas is all about. So, anyways, um, let's just pray. So, Father, in Yeshua's name, we've all been involved in participating in Thanksgiving and in the paganisms that are connected to thanksgiving in ignorance. But nonetheless, in your eyes, it still was breaking your laws, and we ask you to forgive us. We ask you to forgive our forefathers. We ask you to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And as we research this truth, we ask you to open the eyes of our understanding concerning what you say and what the scriptures say about any holiday that is not called one of your feast days. And Father, we just thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we just give you praise, honor, and worship. And Father, we thank you for being merciful to us and any curses that have come down the pipeline, so to speak, upon our lives because of our family or our involvement in Thanksgiving, we ask you to destroy it, purge that line of thinking and justification and strongholds out of our mind and our belief structures and restore us and our nation back to your laws and commandments. And we thank you for it in Yeshua's name.
Okay. All right, let's go to Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65. And now we're going to talk about the word God. Because many people find, and they find such a difficult time when you tell them that the Heavenly Father's name is not God. And we're going to see that Gad, G-A-D, who is an idol, is God, G-O-D. It is also spelled G-A-W-D. It is also Baal. It is also the name of Satan, Gadzreel, according to the book of Deuteronomy. So one of the things I would encourage you to do this week is Google um, about Gad, G-A-D, is God, and just do some study on it, and you will see. And I'm just going to hit some main points here. First of all, Isaiah is prophesying that in the end times, his people, Yah's people, will turn from him to idols, false gods, and they will call him, and this is the name they that this is the name that they will call these false gods. They will be called Baal, God, G-A-W-D, and G-O-D is pronounced the same way, God. And so and because of this, Yahweh will not be happy and the judgment will occur. And so we need to find out um, what the scripture says about the word G-O-D, about the word G-A-D, and G-A-W-D. It is a Babylonian sun god deity. Now think about this. On our money, it says, in God we trust. And they are not referring to the Messiah or to Yah. They are referring to this mammon Babylonian deity called God, G-O-D, and it can be spelled G-A-W-D, and it is referring to Satan. Now in Isaiah 65, verses 11 and 12, it says, I'll read it in a couple versions, but you are those who forsake Yah, who forget my holy mountain or my set-apart mountain, who array a table for... God, but it's spelled G-A-W-D. And then it tells you, the Babylonian deity of fortune, who and who fill mixed wine for many, the deity of fate. So when you say good luck to somebody, you are pronouncing a curse upon them from this Babylonian deity. When you say, remember how for a while everybody was saying this in church system, God is good, and then they'd say all the time. They, they thought they were referring to the Father, but they were not referring to the Father because words mean something. Names mean something. Think about this, Proverbs 19 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue, and you will eat the fruit thereof. All right, Yahshua says in Matthew 12, 37, that you will be justified by your words, and you will be condemned by your words. 37. And James chapter 3, James gives an illustration that 
your words, your mouth, govern a ship just like the rudder governs a ship. Your mouth will govern your life. So what you say means something and you cannot say God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. It's wicked. It's rebellious. Now some of us did not know any better. But there are people today that still insist on and they defy law, Yah's laws and commandments. Remember what Yahshua said. He said, when you hold on to the traditions of men, you make the things of Yah to no effect. You make his commandments useless. When you despise and defy his commandments. And we're going to see what his commandment says about his name and about the name G-O-D. And we see here that, so when you say good luck to someone or God is good, you are literally giving praise to these Babylonian deities. All right. Now, in verse 12, it says, And I, meaning Yahweh, will number you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter, because I called and you did not answer. I spoke and you did not hear. You did evil in my eyes, and you chose that in which I had no pleasure. So it says here, one, they chose to keep calling the Creator God. And the result of this will be that there will be a judgment, a penalty, a curse, if you would, that will come upon you because you're using the name God. Now, when I first came to Torah, I, I just stopped calling him God because I knew it was not right. It was a title. But it's much more than a title. It's a title of Babylonian deities. All right, now, um, that word G-A-D or G-A-W-D is a Syrian or Canaanite deity of good luck or fortune. So the name God is a Syrian Canaanite deity of good luck or fortune. So when we say those things like good luck, and I know we're meaning something on the positive, but that's, I mean, that's what Satan's deception is all about. He, Yeshua said he's the father of lies. Think of Eve. When Satan came to her to tempt her, he said, God didn't really say you shouldn't eat from that tree. He didn't really mean, he didn't really mean that. And that's the same trickster that's the same deceiver, the same liar that comes to people and tricks them, deceives them into using a name for the Creator that is not His name. And it's the same trickster and deceiver that tricks us and deceives us into participating in pagan holidays no matter what the good intentions are, we still will receive the judgment because we participated in it. It's one thing to not know about it, but it's another thing to know about it, and then you justify it to do what you think. Where you and I have to go to what Yah says, and when Yah says you are not to follow the customs of the Gentile pagan nations, 
Any customs that are connected with Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, New Year's Eve, um, Easter, so on and so forth, birthdays, anniversaries, that which is part of pagan customs, we are not to celebrate. Now, one day I'll do, I'll do it on birthdays, and when, remember on a birthday, you usually have a cake, and then you have candles, and then you light the candles, and then you, you are supposed to make a wish and blow out the candles. All that is pagan. When the, the, um, there's a, a pagan tradition that says that, and some people do this, when it's their birthday and they cut the cake, they want the person cutting the cake to either cut it or get the first piece from the cake. That is also found in pagan tradition. So when you do those things, you are following the customs of the pagan Gentile nations. And Yah says, He doesn't suggest it, He commands you not to do it or you're going to suffer judgment because of it. Now, if you want to honor someone's birthday by saying, you know, this, that, or the other, or by buying them a gift, you know, just don't get, you know, just don't do it with all that, with all the things that are connected to paganism. You know, do it on another day or something, whatever. But that is something. Say what? What do you do if somebody wishes you a happy birthday? Well, at least behind the scenes, because that also is part of the pagan custom. You know, you just you pray. You might not say it to them. Um, it just depends how bold you want to be. What you're led to do. As for me, I would just pray quietly. And I say, I break the power of those words in the name of Yeshua. I do not participate in that statement. Just like if someone says to you, Merry Christmas. I mean, there's been a few times I've, I've responded, you too. And I said, oh, what did I say that for? And I had to renounce my words. Um, that's one thing you can do. The other thing is you can tell them you do not participate in that that it's pagan, and explain and teach them why. Now, they may think you're wacky, and chances are they will think you're wacky, but nonetheless. All right. So, the word Elohim in Hebrew means mighty one. Okay? So, let's look at some more um, scriptures. First of all, Exodus Chapter 3 and verse 15. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15. Exodus 3 verse 15. And it says, And Elohim, or Mighty One, the Mighty One said to Moses, You shall say this to the sons of Israel, Yah, the Elohim of your fathers, or the Mighty One of your fathers, the Mighty One of Abraham, the Mighty One of Isaac, the Mighty One of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Now his name is not Mighty One, that's a title. His name is not Elohim, that's a title. He said, and this is how, well this is my name forever, which is Yah. Now, I discovered something. The tetragrammaton is Y-H-W-H. Okay? Myself and other people translate that into English as Yahweh. Now other people use that same tetragrammaton and translate it into Yahuwah. According, I forget the the type of Hebrew, um, paleo was it? 
whatever it is. But nonetheless, it's still Hebrew. So it's still better than, you know, God or, or whatever. So it's either way. But the Tetragrammaton is Y-H-W-H. So whenever I write something, that's how I write it. So that trying to get back to the biblical, original Hebraic name of the Father. So then it says that this is his name forever, and this is how I should be remembered from generation to generation. Now, we all know that the translators, they were pagan um, translators from Rome, translated the scriptures from Hebrew into Greek. They took it upon themselves to change Yahweh's name. Now, in Exodus chapter 20, in Exodus chapter 20, we see that Yahweh, in His commandment, commands you not to do it. But they went ahead, being Rome, they superseded themselves that they thought they had the power to change anything into anything. And in Exodus 20, verse 7, it says, You shall not take the name of Yah, your Elohim, in vain. And in vain means to change or falsify. So you could read it this way. You are not to take the name of Yah, your Elohim, your Mighty One, and change or falsify His name. For Yah will not leave unpunished the one who takes his name and changes it. So there is a punishment, a judgment, a curse when we take his name and try to change it. Okay, so in Exodus 23, Verse 13, and this teaching is to try to help people understand that Yah's name is not God. The Heavenly Father's name is not God. That God is a Babylonian deity, a Babylonian idol. And when you're calling upon God, you're calling upon Baal, you're calling upon Satan himself. And it's not about what I think, but we have to go back to what the Scripture commands and the Scripture says. And that's where you make your judgment. Now, or we can be like the Pharisees and the Jews in Yeshua's day, when they said, no, we're going to hold on to the traditions of men and we're going to defy the commandments of Yah. So in Exodus 23, 13, it says, be watchful in all that I have said to you. And you shall not call upon another Elohim or mighty one by name. So it says right here, Yah is commanding the children of Israel that they were not to call upon Him by some other name. They were not to call upon some other Elohim and they were not to call upon Him by some other name. And it says, And it should not, shall not be heard from your mouth. The other thing that the word God in Hebrew means is that it is identified with Jupiter, the sun deity, and Baal worship. Now, what we talked about a few minutes ago or in the previous recording was that Halloween 
connects to Thanksgiving. And what is started with Halloween goes through Thanksgiving and through Christmas. All those pagan holidays are connected, interwoven. And they will all receive, those that participate in it, will receive whatever judgment Yah releases against those that follow after the customs of this Babylonian world system. Now we read in Isaiah 65 that they abandoned Yah and they stopped worshiping on his holy mountain and they prepared a feast for the God they were worshiping called Gad. And then they filled up their wine jugs for the goddess called Mini. And then in verse 12, Yah declares that death and destruction will follow them all their life. And of course, unless they repent. So as a believer in the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we should never call our father God. Because when we do, we are calling him G-O-D, G-A-D. We are calling him a Babylonian pagan demon. We are calling him an idol. We are trying to connect that to him. And he, will, he said in the scripture, I will not hear. Now we know from experience that when we were total heathen, all we knew was the names God, Father, or Jesus. So if we cried out in desperation, in repentance, for God to help us, Jesus, have mercy on us, or whatever, he usually responded because he saw your heart was crying out in repentance. And he responded. But nonetheless, we are not supposed to stay in that condition. So we should call our Father by His name. Y-H-W-H. And say Yahweh or Yahuwah is good. Never say God is good. Right. Never agree with someone if they say to you, God is good. Just say, no, He isn't. And that will smack them in the face and they will have no idea what you're talking about. And hopefully, you'll be wise enough, smart enough, and have enough information to teach them that they're calling upon a pagan deity. And they are not calling upon their Creator. Now, they may think they are, but nonetheless, they aren't. doesn't matter what we think we're doing. Right. We, may, we may think... You know, we're defending ourselves, but if we walk outside and keep walking until we see somebody and we're pointing a gun at them and shoot them, we're not defending ourselves. We may think we are, but we're not. Okay, Satan. Oh, wait, one more. Let's go to this scripture. Deuteronomy 12. Deuteronomy chapter 12. I know most of us have removed the terminology God or Lord from our terminology. Now, once in a while, it might slip out. But this is information that is going out on YouTube and different and the, what, the web to try to help people realize that when they use the name God, they are calling upon a demonic being. And a demonic being is going to respond. But that demonic being is going to try to make you think that it's the Creator. 12 verse 3 to 4 basically says, we should instead destroy the images 
and names of false gods. Where are you at? Deuteronomy 12, verses 3 and 4. Let me just read it out of the Hebraic roots thing here. Hebrews 12, 3. It says, And you shall break down their altars, shatter their standing pillars. You shall burn their Asherahs with fire, and you shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names out of their place. You shall not do so to Yahweh, your Elohim, meaning you shall not call Yah the names of those demonic gods. So now we can ask Yah and how we destroy the names of these false gods and images is there are strongholds that 2 Corinthians 10 talks about that get established in all of our thinkings and belief structures, and many of them are not biblical. And we need to ask Yahweh to destroy with the anointing and the power of His Word, and by His Spirit, every stronghold and every deception that the enemy has filled our minds with, that would try to deceive us into holding on to calling the Creator God. Because the, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through Yah for the pulling down of strongholds. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10. So, we have been commissioned as Torah-observant believers to tear down these images, and we can do it through prayer. Now, it's not talking about being physical and going out and finding a statue and, and knocking it down. Let Yah deal with that. But nonetheless, Satan has been playing word games with believers. He is tricky and deceitful. He has been tricking and deceiving believers into thinking they are calling upon the Father's name when they use the word G-O-D, but they are really calling upon Baal or Satan or the Son, God, Deity, idols. We thought we were praising the Father by saying God is good or by saying God I worship you or by saying praise God. Or by saying, praise Jesus. But we were giving praise to a false god, a idol. And Satan is the one behind it. Which Yah commanded us not to do. Now we know this. Many of us did not understand this. You may be listening and may not have understood this. And even now you may think, Oh, this is, this is crazy, but you got to look at the Scriptures. Mm -hmm. So if you are a believer in the Elohim of Israel, if you believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, you believe in the one that Miriam gave birth to by the, by the seed of Yah's Spirit, and His name is Yeshua, or Yahshua, or Yahushua, but... You've been calling him Jesus. His name is not Jesus. And you need to change your thinking and go back to the original scriptures and renew your mind to what the scripture says and stop calling him by these false names because even the name Jesus is after the sun god Zeus. Now, I read one article that in Latin, part of the name Jesus means pig. And if there's one thing that would not have any evidence of pig in it would be the Jewish Messiah's name. 
So if you're a believer, as I started to say, in the Elohim of Israel, the Most High, the Mighty One, Yah, we need to stop using the name, the title, for Gad, Baal, God, and learn and renew our minds and mouths to His name. Alright, a couple more scriptures. Baal Lord, yes. Same way with the Lord. We, we shouldn't be using it. Because whether we realize it or not, and you think all those years, and you think of the awesome worship presence that we used to feel, was it really Yah, or was it um, the Illuminati? Say, Lord, Yahweh, help us. All right. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 2. I was thinking about that today. I remember, you know, when the, we thought it was the glory came down so strong, people would be slain in the spirit. People would be um, just feeling his presence in such a peaceful, powerful way, you know, and we thought it was, yeah, and maybe it was, but there's a good chance that it was the Illuminati because without realizing it, we were singing praise to these um, idols and to these false names, even though we were ignorant. Yeah, that, you know, and, and then you think of how many ministries today are still in that and... You know, like for myself, I didn't know tons of them, but I knew a few, and they pretty much, I don't ever hear from them. Every once in a while, they might respond to something, but for the most part, you know, they're sticking with their their uh, stuff, and I'm going Yah's way. But in Zechariah 13.2, Yah says, I will cut off the names of idols out of the land. And they shall be remembered no more, says Yahweh. So Zechariah is prophesying of a day coming that he will cut off the names of those idols. And I have thought of if he's cutting off the names of the idols, he's going to cut off the idol worshipers those that are calling upon the names of those idols. And they will be remembered no more. Okay, here's another one. Go to Joshua 23, verse 7. So again, we're seeing all these, all these scriptures out of Torah, out of the prophets, that are telling us we are not to call the Creator, God. We are not to call Him anything but what is His name. Joshua 23.7 We are not to call Him anything. If we do, we will suffer because of it. It will not please Him. And what does it say? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Yahweh. That, it, that in, in, includes obedience. You cannot be in faith and disobedience and think you're still in faith. Obedience is faith. Joshua chapter 3, chapter 23, verse 7. Here's another thing. If you look up the word G-A-D and you will find, I think it's Joshua 11, 12, and there's like three references in the book of Joshua for G-A-D, God. And it was a Syrian city, a Canaanite city, who practiced paganism. So it says here, Joshua 23, 7, make no mention of the names of, of their mighty ones, nor swear by them, nor serve them, nor bow down to them. So it says here we are not to make mention 
of the names of these false gods. We are, are especially not to call Yahweh by the name of a false god. And you and I, we have to get it that when you call Yah God or Lord or Jesus, you are calling him by a false name. And it says clearly right here, we are not to do that. Yahweh is not pleased when we call him Lord, Baal, God, or anything else. Call him by his name. And I know at first it, you sound weird. I remember the first probably nine months when we started honoring the Sabbath. I felt like a heathen backslider, not in church on Sunday. It, it took a, a good long period of time before I did not feel that way. We used to do it on Sunday. It says, when you say... All right. Um, we talked about good luck. I don't need to go over that. Uh, now, in verse 12 of Isaiah 65. It says, Now I will number you to the sword... And you shall bow down to the slaughter, because I spoke and you did not answer. Hear, and you did evil in my eyes. So it says right here that when we call Yah, God, we are doing evil in his eyes. That's a heavy revy. Okay couple more scriptures. Um, Jeremiah 23. Sister, yes. That was Isaiah 55. What was the uh, verse? 65 and verse 12. 65 or 55? 65. S-I-X. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. One, one more scripture. Uh, Jeremiah Chapter 23 and verses 25 through 27. Now I just pulled out the uh, highlights out of those scriptures, but study it in full detail and you will see that when, when we call upon God, we are calling upon a Babylonian pagan deity called G-A-D slash Baal slash sun god idol. So it says, who try to make my people, now this is false prophets, false teachers, they try to make my people forget my name. So in that day, Jeremiah was prophesying that and declaring that there were people that were trying to get the children of Israel to forget the Father's name. Then he says, As their fathers forgot my name for Baal, they exchanged and they were deceived into thinking that they could call the Creator, Yah, Baal, and it still be biblically accurate or okay with Him. And he said that these false prophets, teachers, whatever, they were trying to make His people Forget his name. And that is exactly what Satan did when he translated the scriptures. He didn't want Yah's people to know his name. He doesn't want you and I to know his name. 
And the scripture says, those that are Yahs will know his name and do great exploits. So, Yah's name is not Lord. Yah's name is not G-O-D. Yah's name is not G-A-D or G-A-W-D. His name is not God. Satan's name is God. A good teaching is by Alan... What's his What? H-O-R-V-A-T-H. Oh yeah, Alan Horvath. H-O-R-V-A-T-H. He's got a good teaching that says um, the Lord's name is Satan or something like that. Or God's name is Satan. Linda says he looks like an old retired hippie. <laughs> but nonetheless, he's he's very good teacher and he teaches on a variety of things. He's very in-depth in the Hebrew. He uses the Hebrew. He teaches Hebrew writing, Hebrew letters. It's very informative. Uh, and, and... He's got great teaching. He, it's just real good. You should check him out on YouTube if you possibly can. So, just to close this out, Yah's name is not God. God is a Babylonian deity. It is a sun god. And you and I, by the scriptures, are commanded not to call the Creator anything outside of His name. We are not to call Him titles. We are not to call Him, hey, you, the man upstairs. We are not to call Him Big Papa. We are, we are to call him by his name. Now to call him Big Papa, I don't know, that's, you know, that's just... But anyways, um, nonetheless, if Big Papa was traced to, to pagan roots, then I wouldn't call him that. Just... <laughs> but anyways, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this teaching. Hold up. I just remembered something. I want to read this to you out of the living version. Now, it doesn't use the word um, Yah or Yahweh in it, but it says it real clearly. It's, it's Isaiah 65 and verses 11 through 15. It says... But because the rest of you have forsaken, I'm just putting in Yahweh for Lord. Because you have forsaken Yah and his temple and worship the gods of fate and destiny. Therefore, I will destine you to the sword and your fate will be a dark one for when I called you did not answer when I spoke you wouldn't listen you delib deliberately sinned before my very eyes choosing to do what you know I despise and that is to call Yah by a, any other name by calling him God or Baal or Lord or whatever then it says, therefore, Yah says, you will starve, but my servants shall eat. You shall be thirsty while they drink. You shall be sad and ashamed, but they shall rejoice. So that's telling you people that are going to use the name God, they're going to experience poverty. They're going to experience sadness ashamedness, depression, so on and so forth. But for those that are focused on his name will be the opposite. And then in verse 14 it says, you shall cry in sorrow and vexation and despair while they sing for joy. 
Your name shall be a curse word among my people, for Yah will slay you and call his true servants by another name. And then, if you keep reading, he begins to go into where Yah is going to create a new heavens and a new earth, and that's when all these pagan deity gods will be cut off. <coughs> so, reading this gave me greater understanding about what takes place when we refuse to call him by his name. Right. Now, I know everybody listening to me today is not like that, but there are people that are like that. I have relatives. They refuse. His name is God. His name is Jesus. I do not have to keep the commandments. Jesus kept them for me. Well, they're going to find out. And I would rather, even if I'm wrong, err on the side of what is written than to come up with my own mentality and say, bless God, I'm going to do it the way I think. So anyways, Father, we just thank you for this word. Yeah, Yahweh, forgive us mm -hmm. and forgive your body for calling you by these Babylonian pagan names. And Revelation 17 reveals to us that this Babylonian system shall be destroyed. These Babylonian false gods and false names shall be destroyed. This Babylonian many mammon system shall be destroyed in your name. And we thank you, Father, that your name, Yah, shall remain forever. Your name, Yah, shall remain forever. And we bless you. We worship you. We praise you. We honor you. We love you by seeking to obey your commandments and not calling you by any of these false pagan names. And we ask you, Father, to purge out of our mindsets and other people's mindsets any strongholds in our nation concerning your name, concerning the name of God, that that stronghold and the powers that are behind it would be crushed, smashed, and destroyed, and that Father Yah, your name, and the name of Messiah Yahshua shall be exalted, Hallelujah. shall be declared righteous. And Father, we just praise you, we bless you, we honor you, and we worship you in your name. And we receive forgiveness for any involvement any in any pagan participation of celebrating and participating in any pagan holidays or pagan names. And Father, we just cover each other with the blood of the Passover lamb. And we thank you, Father, for hiding us in your secret place and that we dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. And we thank you, Yah, that you are our provider. You make a way where there seems to be no way. You open doors where no doors can be opened. And Father, we love you. Father, we honor you. And Father, we praise you in the power and in the authority of your name.